Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Tech Cat Show. And we have another exciting show this week. We are talking to the fabulous Sterling Hawkins, who I've known for many years, but I feel like we we broke up and we just got back together. (laughs) Sterling is the co-founder of an initiative called CART, which is the Center for Advancing Retail and Technology. And he is really responsible for evaluating all sorts of new technology in the retail sector every year and helping people understand the innovations in the retail space and what consumers are doing and what exciting things are happening in commerce. So let's have a big Tech Cat welcome for Sterling Hawkins. Great to be with you. Yeah, it has been so long since we've had a chance to catch up. So I'm glad we're doing this. That's right. And you have been busy, busy, busy over the years, um, moving the retail needle forward, if that's the, the right metaphor for it. So, so give us give us a whole background, because when you and I met, um, you know, you were you were obviously doing what you're doing now, but in a, in a different form. So so tell us tell us about your background and then we'll dive right into some of the trends and things that you're looking at, because this is such a hot yeah. space right now. So hot and so interesting. Oh, my God. There's so much new cool things coming out that aren't just technically possible, but are getting into being economically viable. And that's where we start to see a lot of these changes. Um, And I'd love to tell you, you know, 10 years ago or so, whatever we met, right, it was a while ago, I had this, like, master plan for how this was going to come together. But it's really been something driven by industry need. What are retailers looking for, brands looking for, consumers looking for? in this world of innovation that we live in, right? Right, um, right. Uh, it, it started uh, because, well, I'm a fifth-generation retailer. My family's got a grocery store in central New York, and it's where I grew up. You know, it started as a roadside produce stand, was really a fundamental piece of the community and grew into the full-size store that it is today, and I remember, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners remember, like retail used to be different when I was a kid. <laughs> you know, we yeah. knew our customers and their families and their likes and their dislikes. Um, and there's this funny story. I even remember putting groceries in the back of our like minivan or station wagon or whatever it was back in the 80s and dropping off groceries at our customers' houses that couldn't make it in that day because... Well, you know, that's what we did. And today, delivery is a thing. And it wasn't a thing back then, you know? Right, right, Um, right, right. We were one of the first stores in the U.S., at least, to launch a loyalty program at retail. Uh, So, you know, what it looked like then is those little plastic cards with uh, barcodes on them so we could identify consumers. And that really started this whole wave of well, retailers, at least they didn't used to be technology companies. So we just started trying these things out and understanding how it all worked. And it's kind of grown into the business that is today, which is, you know, looking at like a thousand new retail tech companies every year and getting them matched up with the best retailers and brands that are using this stuff. God, it's crazy. It's crazy. Were, were, were you, um, 
Were you looking to become a resource to other retailers or did it just kind of naturally happen? Yeah, it, it just naturally happened. Um, because we're on like that leading edge of loyalty and really not just implementing loyalty, but understanding how to gather really um, gain some insights from it and use that data with how we were going to market. We had retailers and brands for that matter, just reaching out to us saying, Hey, can you help us with this? Or we're trying to do that. Or can you advise us here or speak at this conference? And then that just kind of naturally segued into everything else. So as digital screens grew and, biometrics and augmented reality and all these things. We were just like, yeah, yeah, let's put it in the store and and try it out and invite all our friends, which is now a network of about 30,000 retailers across the U.S. Wow. And and it's not specific to any particular retail category. It's just anyone who is selling a product, basically, or a service, or how do you you distinguish, you know, who's a retailer? (laughs) That's right. Yeah, so CART today is, is really a media company where we look at all of these solutions and then run uh, webcasts, in-person events, different programs for individual retailers to bring in the kinds of solutions that they're working with to solve the problems that they have. Our sweet spot, and my sweet spot, is, is definitely what I call fast-moving consumer goods, uh, so anywhere that's selling um, Procter & Gamble products, Right or okay, products, and specifically grocery stores. But a lot of the stuff translates. And so I've done work now really probably across every major retail vertical, but the specialty still being grocery. And, and has, um, is the business constantly changing right now because of all these other trends that we keep talking about on this show, which is like immersive content and that people aren't physically going into stores anymore and blockchain and Pretty much any any theme that we've discussed, you know, um, on a show about technology trends, is it changed the business forever? Yeah, I, I think so. And I think what it means to be a retailer, as you were pointing at a second ago, is actually changing. It doesn't have to look like it always has looked. And I remember, I think it was just over a year ago that, Amazon announced they were buying Whole Foods, and I got all these calls from friends and other retailers saying, oh, my God, it's, it's over, right? The retail industry is done. Amazon is taking it. But what's happened is that it's created all of this excitement, all of this movement, bigger budgets than I've seen being spent on innovation from a lot of the big retailers, new entrants into the market, venture capital dollars coming in. So I would say, like, right now is one of the most exciting times in commerce that we've ever seen because it is changing so fast, and there's so much of this opportunity. And are there um, – I'm just asking this because I've been um, – I'm curious both as an avid shopper. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, right. That's something we all have to do. Right, exactly. And also as someone that, you know, is talking to a lot of brands who are trying to figure everything out – are there certain categories right now, do you think, in the space that are poised to do better with what's happening just because of the nature of the category they are? Or, or is this world pretty much, you know, open for everybody to explore? I, the world's definitely open. And the great thing about 
let's call it, you know, quote, emerging technology that isn't so emerging anymore. So robotics, computer vision, IoT, all those buzzwordy things, is that all these different technologies can be applied in, in different ways. And some might be appropriate for certain retail categories and others might not be. Right. But that doesn't mean that some of the others aren't aren't going to work and literally transform industries. I was just we just had a pitch event we were doing earlier today where we looked at hundreds of different emerging technologies. And one of the things that came to the top was Internet of Things and how if we all have connected homes and connected worlds. Some of those repeat purchases that we've got, like our laundry detergent or our water filters, might just be completely automated thereafter, right? So IoT for those repeat purchases is probably a great technology to get interested in. But at the same time, the margins are tend to be a little bit lower with one of those things. So a virtual reality experience might not be the best emerging technology to look at for that, right? So it's a little bit of being smart about what technologies you're using and how they get used because there's limitless customer experiences we can make these days. Right. And so many and so many different choices, because I always I'm, I try and figure out, you know, even just as a consumer, when I'm wearing my sort of like working mom hat and when I run out yeah. of um, when I run out of the K cups or, you know, or when I run out of um, a shampoo or any of those things, how can I automate that more so that I'm not stuck um, being out of something and having to run to the store because there's nothing I hate worse than running to the store for one product. Um, yeah. You know, so, so are you constantly also looking at new consumer behaviors? Oh, of course. And, and it changes. The great thing about it from where we sit though, is it predictably changes. So as the technology changes, which is more unpredictable than consumer behavior, right? As the technology changes and what's possible changes, we can start to see, oh, yeah, there's a huge increase in value here. And when that happens, consumers will move towards it. Or like you were just saying, there's a breakdown in high-volume repeat purchase things like your K-Cup. I don't want to go to the store to buy just one thing. And as their solutions come into market, you know, with the caveat that they're economically viable, like, oh, yeah, well, why wouldn't consumers do something with that? Have you played with the uh, Amazon Dash button at all, that button you can press to reorder some of those things? Yeah, yeah, and I'm afraid of it because I dropped it once and stuff showed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's got a ways to go, but it's, like, so interesting that, that's now kind of integrated with a lot of these things. And, well, as the coffee machine or whatever else gets smarter, you don't need to press a button. It'll just be like, oh, you know, you're low on K-cups. We're going to order new ones, and then they'll be on your front doorstep. Cool, cool, cool. Well, we have to take a quick little break. When we come back, I want to get a little bit deeper into some trends that you're seeing in this space that you are tackling, um, you know, with some of your clients. Um you know, and what, what we can expect either as consumers or also as as potential clients, like what should we be looking out for? Um, so we're going to come back in a moment with the fabulous Sterling Hawkins. Ten years later, still a superstar in retail. <laughs> and we'll dig more into some of the trends that he's seeing um, in the commerce space. We'll be back in a moment. 
comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we're back. We're talking to Sterling Hawkins, who is a business leader, an entrepreneur, and an investor living at the intersection of in-store and online. And um, also, he has co-founded CART, which is the Center for Advancing Retail and Technology, really looking at new retail tech for companies every year. Um, So, Sterling, can you take us through, like, something you would do with a client and how you would help them identify some of these technologies to integrate into their business? Yeah, for sure. I, I was actually just out with a client on the East Coast, and it's a retailer that's, I would say, mid-sized, several billion in sales every year, and they're you know, in the middle of the same conversation the rest of us are. What, what do we handle? How do we handle all this innovation that's coming to market? Because there's so much of it. And I'm a big fan of not just using technology for the sake of technology or because your competitor has, but as a service to your customer. Like, how do you extend your existing business, your existing culture to do new things in in new ways, right? Yes. And the first step is to really work with all of the leadership, all the stakeholders around how the business is currently run to get underneath of well, what are the problems that you're currently having? And what are the, some of the solutions either you're looking at or wanting to look at that you think can close that gap, right? Because I, I don't want to come in from like 50,000 feet and be like, okay, here's the five, like five or 10 things you have to do, right? It's really right. driven by their culture and what they want to do and how they see doing it because we don't want to bring in innovation that's just going to die after an expensive pilot, Right. Yes, yes. Once we're there, yeah. 
and we've got some direction, we will actually run a program across our network. And I'm looking at, like I was saying, a thousand or so new retail technology solutions every year. Believe it or not, it's like a fraction of what's out there from all over the world. And we find the right solutions that are going to support that retailer's culture, what they're up to, what they're interested in, and, you know, support them around pilots and trying different things. And I think there's probably a a couple of key areas, if you want to get into, that I'm seeing as commonalities across all the different retailers and brands we're working with. Yeah? And they, yeah, and the, is, it, is it also like um, that, That because I remember doing this for brands and clients in the past, too. If you, if, yeah. to your point, if you overwhelm them too much, they shut down and they're not open to whatever you're bringing into the situation. Totally. Yeah, which is why the cultural piece is so important, right? When they're asking for things, they're actually looking at their business, considering their problems, looking at new technologies. It's got to fit with what's called their view of the world, or it does occur overwhelming. Just like you said, it's like too much stuff. You throw in the future at me and I'm not ready for it. Right, right, right. So, so give us an example of like, um, I don't, you know, whatever you're allowed to talk about, because I know clients, a business is a proprietary, but give us an example of like something that you, that you helped a client with. Yeah, well, the, one of the main areas I'm talking with a bunch of clients around, especially this one that we were working with out of the Northeast, is how does computer vision affect our physical stores. Okay, got and it. I think most of retailers have grasped this idea that online is coming together within store and they're looking for a lot of the tools and capabilities that are going to facilitate them doing that. And how do we bring like that ease of experience that we see online with like Amazon's one click checkout into the store? And what that looks like, and Amazon made a great roadmap for a lot of us to look at, is using computer vision for checkout, like their Amazon Go stores. You've right, probably right. seen some of those, right? Right, yeah. and, and they're, they're, they're um, freaking some people out, and some people are really excited about them. Yeah, and what's so great is I remember back when retail launched credit cards and people tended to spend more on credit cards because, well, it didn't feel like money when you're right. walking in and walking out of stores and not transacting at all, at least physically. Well, it almost feels like stealing and you're walking out with more stuff. And so it's not only a vastly improved customer experience because nobody likes lines, but the retailers gain a ton of benefit as well. And so, you know, Amazon's kind of spawned this entire industry of computer vision-based checkout companies, which are in the early days, but I'd say very, very viable. Um, I can't give you the specifics of some of the pilots I know with uh, some of the different startups going, but I can point towards one company called uh, Standard Cognition, which has a, a great approach. They, instead of building stores from the ground up to be, fit with all this technology like Amazon has done with their ghost stores. They're like, well, there's thousands, tens of thousands of stores already laid out across the U.S. We mm. can't build them all newly, at least overnight. How can we use computer vision 
to kind of retrofit or bring those more legacy stores up to date. And can you also just, just for the audience, define computer vision? For sure. Yeah, yeah I'm still like steeped in the technology world. I'm, I just use some of these buzzwords off the top of my head. But what it is, is it's basically the computer's ability to see. So it uses a camera. And through that camera lens, the computer can actually make sense of what it's looking at. So if you were to point it at a box of cereal, it might recognize that as a box of cereal, not just a cereal, but Kellogg's Corn Flakes, for example. And they take it at a, a step further to recognize, okay, well, it's Lori walking into the store, and she's picked up that Kellogg's Corn Flakes, and she's picked up you know, K-cups and some water bottles and a couple of other things. And instead of you having to check out and scan all those barcodes on your way out, you can literally just walk out. And this company, Standard Cognition, has actually opened their own demonstration store that's open to the public. It's called Standard Market right in San Francisco. And it's, it's the coolest thing. You walk in, grab stuff, and walk out. And it's just to demonstrate the technology to other retailers? That's right. Yeah, they're That's so cool. really a software company, a computer vision company, and they've seen you know, what we've all been seeing. Nobody wants to talk about any of the pilots they're doing. They're like, well, we'll just open up our own store and show everybody how it works. I'm like, yeah, great idea. Well, that's a, that's such a smart, smart thing to do to, to sort of demonstrate it, especially to... As we were saying, retailers who are, you know, intimidated by change or not sure. And when you have a store like that, is it is it like how the credit card was? Are you seeing increase in the wallet because people don't have the friction of actually realizing what they're doing, spending? Yeah, so yeah that's exactly what's happening. Combined with the fact that you no longer need as much front end staff to check people out. And, and is it, so it's similar to what happens to me, say, you know, at a Disney or Carnival, I think is doing this too with their, their wristbands, you know, the bracelets mm. where, you, you know, you scan the RFID tag and it just adds it to your wallet. So you're just having like a party. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. And then you see later how much you owe. Right, right. And and is that, so I don't know if you've, if you've seen any research on this yet, but are consumers getting, you know, pissed off because of that, because they're being sort of accidentally tricked into spending more money? It's not really an accident, but is there a sensitivity to that or any pushback on that from consumers? That's a a good point. All of these technologies, computer vision otherwise, as we start to look to change consumer behavior, or we're just changing it in the matter of how we're doing our business, it becomes a value exchange. And the cost of something or the risk of something, right, giving up your privacy, uh, spending more, things like that, has got to be less than the benefit of not waiting in lines anymore in this case, right? And that value exchange can potentially change over time. I love the social media example. You know, 20 years ago, nobody would think about posting all their family pictures and their vacations and everything else online. And today it's commonplace. Right. So it's just like us adapting to these new environments. That's exactly it. 
Yeah. And to take it a step further, you know, I, I grew up in my family store, right? I was very connected to our consumer and our community. And I actually think a lot of these technologies take away some of the more remedial jobs or some of the more, um, you know, back office tools that give us as humans an an opportunity to interact with other humans more effectively, right? Like we're not trying to build a future for the Terminator. We're building these things. We're creating these stores and these experiences so we can have better lives and our employees can have better lives and enjoy what they're doing with our whole community that's shopping with us. Now, now, we have to take a break in a moment, but before we go, one of the things, you know, that I've been sort of enjoying, say, at parking lots in L.A. is not having to deal with a person and just sticking the ticket in. But it does take Uh jobs, jobs away. So are we seeing a a loss of, you know, the terrifying loss of jobs that everyone is so concerned about? Or are there new jobs being created because you know, you need software to run this and you need technology to make it happen. And so it's just a different kind of job that's happening. Exactly. That's exactly right. And not just like technology jobs, but there's this whole uh, kind of a specialization area opening up where, yeah, you might not want to work with a parking attendant to pay your parking bill. That makes sense to automate. But if you're maybe throwing a high-end dinner and you want to put a, a really nice show on for your family, friends, business associates, whoever's ever coming in, you might want to interact with a, a chef or the meat manager in your retail store to really talk about what that experience is going to look like. Right, 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 right. It's, it's, yeah. really, it's, really, so it's really fascinating. Yeah, go ahead. It is. Yeah, I was just going to say it's, it's kind of experiential, right? You go to the airport and you, you want to get on that airplane as fast as you can. Automation there makes sense. But right. in other places, you do want some hand-holding, and it does open up some new jobs, not just highly technical, highly specialized, but human interaction jobs that I think are you know, much more fulfilling and engaging for all to be with to begin with. Yeah, I, I, I love that's a really, really good point because, um, you know, I always talk about killer robots just to like set the tone for, mm-hmm. for a presentation. <laughs> but, but you know, the story, yeah. the story is, much, is, is really much brighter than, uh, than all of that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more to Sterling Hawkins, who's the co-founder of CART, which is an initiative that's really focused on the future of retail and as it relates to new technologies. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, what have been the biggest surprises for you in all of this and what companies do you think um, are doing it right? Um, And, you know, and also what does it take to to be a Sterling Hawkins? (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) All right. So we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Hat Show with the fabulous Sterling Hawkins in a moment. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? 
From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we are back talking to the real Sterling Hawkins. As we were talking offline, there's another Sterling Hawkins, but we like this one. Um, And this one is an expert (laughs) in the future of retail. And so I wanted to ask you, just because you are talking to so many companies, both on the side of of innovating around retail and then the the actual clients who need to figure out how to keep their businesses from being disrupted, what's, what's been the biggest surprise for you? over the last few years as you've moved through this? Yeah. Well, there have been a lot of them, but I think the biggest one is that retailers or even businesses don't always do what might make sense, right? If you look at something and it's economically viable and it's going to save you X dollars or make you X dollars and it's going to cost you something less than that. It would make sense to use that or at least look at it. And intellectually, that that still does make sense, right? It makes sense to do things that make sense, but businesses don't operate that way, especially big businesses. And it's been surprising to me, um, in retrospect, I should have known it, right? What's been surprising to me is how much culture drives what's possible and what's not possible inside of all businesses, especially retail. And some have very open cultures talking about, well, here's what we can do, and they're piloting new technologies, and they're learning new things. They may roll some of those things out. They may not, but they're open to it. And others are, nope, we don't need that. We want to wait till it's proven. We need to wait till 80% of the market's already done it until we can do it. And I think it's vastly understated in the conversation we have about technology and how everything works, how much culture plays a role because it's like everything. Right, right, right. Because I, I used to find that it was consumer brands 
who were dealing with younger audience that were the most open to innovation. And that if you were dealing with, say, a packaged goods company that was dealing with um, a product that had no emotional, you know, um, connection, um, at least... Mm -hmm at least the marketplace hadn't developed it yet. Like you would have talked about that maybe with toilet paper or tissue paper, but then they came out with all those spots. Or you can look at it right now with produce, right? Like oranges and tangerines are finally getting a brand, right? So now you have like cuties and, you know, all these different and clementines. And you so now there's now that you have a brand, then you can tell a story around the brand. You can create an emotional connection and then if you have an emotional connection, then you can start to storytell and you can start to experiment. But for those brands that can't do that, those were the folks that I thought were the slowest moving. For you, it's more, uh, for your clients, it's more cultural. It's not necessarily the actual product. It's more of the institution itself. Yeah, and I, I'd even say a lot of the, the big brands coming out with cuties and halos and those things, culturally, they're geared to look for those kinds of things, to kind of find meaning, to find purpose, and then build a brand and a story and, you know, eventually a marketing plan, go-to-market plan around it. And retailers and really all businesses have that same opportunity, and some, some use it and use it quite effectively, like a, a Kroger or Walmart or Warby Parker. They're really taking that brand and making it mean something. And others, just not quite as effective. But the opportunities there, like, really equally, I think, for all of us. Hmm. I, I love um, I love hearing that. I just remember talking. I did a, like, uh, talk at a produce convention, like, six months ago. And they were just all hmm. so, um, you know, so scared about the future because they weren't used to it. And they are now looking at such new models like, Grossaterias, you know, and um, places like Whole Foods and um, Gelson's and these other places now that have, you know, eating areas and um, have really put a premium on um, making um, hot available food for people to hang out. Um, and just, you know, the changing nature of how now I get Sun Basket delivered to me um, once a week with, with, um, you know, all the food I need to make the recipe and just the models are just changing so fast and so quickly that I have to think they have to culturally be open to disruption, right? Or else they're just, they're not going to be in business. They're not going to be in business, yeah, right? They don't necessarily have to, but probably a good idea. And what you're pointing towards, I think, is a, a great point. A lot of retailers and businesses I work with will be having a conversation about roadmap planning. You know, what's next year and five years going to look like from now? And it almost always starts with, well, we did this last year, so we can do 10% better here. We're going to open up 2% more stores. We're going to be 25% more efficient. And we have to do that, right? Like we have to do that, not just as businesses, but as humans. What did we do and how can we make that incrementally better? But if that's all we're looking at, if we're only looking in the rearview mirror, so to speak, of what did we do last year, five years ago, six months ago, that's going to give us what we can do in the future, the best we're going to do is slightly better than we have already done. Right, right. right. So it does take something to get out in front of things, and it is a little scary to talk about the future and to look at more 
forward-facing things, not as the only thing that you do, but certainly a component of it. Got it, got it. it it's just so interesting because I would think now that you just you just have to be willing to try new things because the world is changing so much. Now, are, are there any clients that you are just in – in deep admiration of because of, you know, how, what they are doing, or maybe not even clients, because we love all of our clients, <laughs> but um, just, <laughs> right. just businesses, um, brands, retailers that, you know, are leading the charge and you're impressed by what they're doing. Yeah. Well, the first one that comes to mind, at least I can share their name publicly, is I've been really impressed with what Walmart's been doing. You know, they went from the 800-pound gorilla back in the, let's call it, late 90s to playing second fiddle to Amazon more recently. But they have literally shifted their culture 90 degrees to the right, where they are now, I'm not going to say neck and neck with Amazon and what they're doing in innovation there, but they're in the innovation game. They're trying new things. They've got lots of um, press releases about it, and it's starting to change the underpinnings of how they're going to market with the automation they're looking at, new store formats, um, delivery and everything else. So I, I do have to hand it to them. That's, you know, one of the big players that I think everybody's got to know. Um, right. And, and, and they're, and they're so, um, I think in need of positive messaging and great consumer relationships just because of other stories about them over the years. Um, right. and what about, what about on the product side? Any any like sort of well-known brands or um, holding companies on the product side that you think are really doing interesting work? Um, Procter & Gamble is always on the leading edge of these things. Uh, and a lot of the agencies that you probably know better than I do do great work for them. But there's a small brand based uh, here on the, the West Coast. They've got distribution, I, I think, just within uh, four or five states over here. And they're not massive, and you know the margins are decent, which you'd expect in uh, consumer goods retail. But the technologies that they're using and their openness to them is kind of transforming how they go to market where they're using not just mobile tools, but they're using um, virtual reality to understand what their product looks like on the shelf. And they're using different communication infrastructure with the people that are delivering the product in store so they can actually make sure it's on the shelf. They've got a collection tool for understanding consumer feedback when they're doing sampling in store. And I think it just speaks to, you know, innovation doesn't have to be the game that only the big guys play. It's really open to everybody, especially with all these, you know, software as a service and cloud services and everything else. But these guys, are, I think, are really doing something. I love that. And I love that you identify them, that you recognize it, you know, that um, it can be talked about that way because they'll hopefully inspire you know, other other um, clients to jump in. Um, and one last question, because we're going to take a, one last break. But um, have you found also that w when you're dealing with retailers, when it comes to learning no new things, that they do not want to hear about other business categories? Or are they open to, to, to seeing what other business categories are doing to innovate? Yeah. Well, I, I think there's a mix of what they're, they're looking at generally, right? 
I think the smart ones, the ones that are really more effective in how they're using some of these tools and how they're going to market, are definitely looking at other categories. Not just other retail categories, but entirely different retail operations. Like, well, how is Tesla going to market? Totally different than Procter & Gamble, but what can we learn from the experience in store there that a brand or retailer might be able to take away, right? Right, and right, right. understanding kind of the, some of those parallels of what's the technology in stadiums, for example, today, or what's the technology in cars that we can maybe not pick up and drop into our own businesses, but it will start to open our minds to, well, what could be possible and what could we bring back or what could we learn from that that's out of our space, but we can still get something from God, I, lo- I love, again, I love that because um, I, I, f- I firmly believe in looking at other um, categories for clients and some of them are so terrified of not being laser focused that they miss, you know, they miss the larger piece. Um, and so I, I think it's, it's, um, it's really important to do that. All right, we're going to take one more break. And then when we come back, I want to hear from you about you know, what you're up to next, where you're speaking, what's coming down the pike that we can look forward to, you know, any predictions about some major moves in the space or retailers or brands that are going to be making some big announcements or anything that you're not allowed to tell us that I'm going to um, trick you into saying. Um, (laughs) (laughs) When we come back with Sterling Hawkins, the Sterling Hawkins, Mr. The Future of Retail himself um, on the Tech Cat Show. Talk to you guys soon. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. 
And we are back with the fabulous Sterling Hawkins. We've been digging into retail innovation, and um, Sterling has a whole business about helping brands and retailers understand what's coming down the pike and how to best leverage some of these new technologies. Not rock the boat too much, as you've been saying. Really play within the culture of of businesses. Um, and speaking to that, you know, where are you finding your information? Like, how does someone like you? who is really charged with understanding the future in this in this category, where do you go to learn? Are there certain blogs? Are there certain events? You know, how do you keep up to date with everything? Yeah, yeah. And I'd add really growing the cultures to become kind of cultures of innovation. And I, today, spend a lot of time talking with, working with retailers and brands directly. So I get not the PR version of something, but what's actually happening, what's working, what's not working, what are the problems with it technically and culturally and otherwise. Um, A couple of big shows in retail, though, that are almost like must attend is, of course, National Retail Federation in New York come January. And and that's often referred to as, as NRF. That's right. Just a massive, massive retail show. Um, you know, for younger, smaller companies, certainly recommend you go. Uh, it's worth walking the floor, going to some of the receptions and hearing from the education because that is kind of the epicenter where a lot of this uh, conversation takes place. And the other one is Shop Talk. Um, they've done the same thing and have really taken it up a notch to be more specifically about how in stores coming together with online. So that's a great event. And then specifically for grocery, the National Grocers Association or the NGA is a fantastic show. Um, Even more fantastic because we do a bunch of stuff and help support some of their content. But it's in these conversations at these shows and with more specifically the individuals at the show that we drive a lot of the knowledge base that we've got and kind of get inspiration for where we're all headed. Yeah, I, I love that. I love both those shows. I Usually I can't go to NRF because I'm recovering from CES. Um, mm, yeah. <laughs> and and, uh, and a, um, a, a colleague does the tours um, at NRF while I'm, um, you know, recovering from, from CES. <laughs> so it's always yeah. like, um, which show do you which show do you get to? But um, but I love all that, too. What about, like, you know, are you yourself someone that's blogging, tweeting? Where can we keep up with, you know, some of what you're publishing? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad you asked. The best place to see all the solutions we're looking at and what we're writing about them, the website is advancingretail.org. And personally, I do some writing and, and so on myself and talk about a number of the keynotes I'm going into and what we've gotten from them. And you can find all of that stuff at sterlinghawkins.com. Sterlinghawkins.com, the sterlinghawkins.com. Um, and right. what about anybody? I, just, I, I need to buy that URL. <laughs> you really do. And and what about um, uh, any, you know, are there any Twitterers or other leaders in this space that you would recommend we follow? Um, yeah, I think the big associations are, are great to follow and some of the things that they're talking about. Uh, the major publications, I would say, in grocery are uh, Winsight Grocery Business um, and Supermarket News 
I'd also steer you towards Progressive Grocer. And there's just a number of uh, writers, industry pundits that get involved in some of those conversations and kind of picking them up there and choosing people that are not necessarily agreeing with everything that you have, but that you're getting something from. You can usually find them all right in those feeds. Oh, that's great. I mean, I think that's part of this too, is just keeping, keeping yourself updated. Now, um, is there anywhere that you're, you yourself are speaking at, any big event you're holding that people can um, find out more about coming up soon? Yeah, let me think for a second. I've got a bunch of private events coming up. I'm going to be at XPRIZE next week, which I'm pretty excited for. Uh, oh, wow, that's next, so cool. I, I know. I haven't been out there. And it's like a 45-minute drive from my house. I'm really looking forward to being with uh, uh, the whole team out there and hearing what they're up to and their next prizes. Uh, to me, it sounds public. like, to me, it feels yeah. like you would, you would be one of those people that has like the first flying car and you would just get in that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if I want the very first one, but maybe like the third or fourth, I'll jump in. Um, especially in the LA traffic, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I am at the, Mobile Innovation Summit coming up the beginning of December. I think that's the next Open to the Public event I'll be at. And not only am I keynoting, but I'll be kind of emceeing the whole thing. So that'd be a blast to see anybody that can make it to it. Certainly come and say hi. That's, that's awesome. And then lastly, you know, I always like to ask uh, guests this, but are there um, any, anything that we should be looking out for on the horizon in retail or in technology that you think is going to be a game changer that you know about? Anything in the next six months to a year? You know, a year or two ago, it was VR, VR, VR. Um, a lot of people mm-hmm. are talking about blockchain and what the impact it's going to have on, on infrastructure. Um, but any, anything that you're seeing that you're thinking a lot about, maybe it's, you know, keeping you awake at night, um, or maybe it's something you're dreaming about and it's helping you sleep better. <laughs> <laughs> with, you know, with however it goes down for you. Yeah, well, one that comes up in every conversation I have and is not just going to change what we're looking at in six months, but it's changing what we're dealing with today is artificial intelligence. And using artificial intelligence in all aspects of our business, but where I've seen it most effective and the biggest ROI has been around something very simple, using it for pricing. And when you can use a tool like that to literally boost your top-line sales by 3 4% reliably, that almost becomes a, a game-changer, a cost of entry of, oh, yeah, you have to do this, especially in the lower-margin retail businesses. So that's, that's a big one for sure. Automation in all its shapes and forms, automated warehouses with piece-picking robotics to uh, pick e-commerce orders. Uh, as well as delivery to home. I think it's something to really pay attention to, not that it's going to take off in the next six months, but it's worth looking at pilots, talking to companies around what that looks like. And the third piece is computer vision, which we covered a little bit, and all the different flavors of that, Um, managing out of stocks, but especially checkouts. And as we wrap out, Sterling, tell us again how we can how we can find you and learn all about. Because I know you have CART and you also have Advancing Retail. Um, so g- give us all your different connection points. Yeah, for sure. So I run what's called the Center for Advancing Retail and Technology, 
and the acronym is CART, and our website, just to keep people thinking, is advancingretail.org, and everything retail-related, especially all the solutions we're looking at and the latest writing about it can be found there. Um, what I'm doing more personally, what I'm um, considering on the technology side, all of my keynotes, things along those lines, and general kind of musings on innovation, you can find at sterlinghawkins.com. And certainly, you know, reach out to me on either one of those platforms or on Twitter or Instagram. I think we're, we're probably on all of them and would love to be in the conversation with folks because that's where these things happen. I think you are the the man to talk to right now if you are a retailer or if you are a brand trying to navigate smarter in this space because you really do meet with everyone and look at everything. So you have a really good, you know, uh, 10 foot or elevator perspective, whatever the expression is (laughs) uh, on um, on what's happening, right? Yeah. Yeah. All the way up. And then tactically where the rubber meets the road in the store and how these things actually get implemented. So thank you for uh, that. I, I love doing it. Yeah. I, and I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you and it's so good for everyone to hear all of this sort of wrap together and understand that, that there is thinking and strategy and tactics that you can do as a, as a retailer, as a brand, as a company moving forward, that you don't have to be overwhelmed and that there are real practical business solutions for all of this. So we have been talking to Sterling Hawkins, the co-founder of the Center for Advancing Retail and the man to know to understand technology and retail in the future. And um, we're looking forward to um, watching Sterling move through the space and hopefully we'll have uh, just as an engaging speaker next week um, on the show as well. So thank you so much, Sterling Hawkins. And thanks, everybody. Join us again next week on the Tech Cat Show. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 